Good morning, church. We are so excited that you are joining us today. Um, we have such an awesome word of hope that pastor is giving this morning. So make sure you've got your journals ready, your Bibles ready, your coffee, tea, water, breakfast, <laughs> donuts. I want donuts now. Um, just be ready for this encouraging word and uh, join us in a time of worship right now as we just come before the Lord and give him our all. Good morning, church family. We are starting a new series today. It's all about hope. When you are standing in front of a six foot deep hole, bearing your mom, your dad, your relatives, your spouse, your child, whoever, when you're holding the hands of someone as they take their last breath and they look into your eyes and you know that you will see them again someday, you have the realization of hope. You, real, you have the realization that hope is not a feeling, it's not a wish, it's not a dream, it's not a thing, it's not a trend. Hope is a name and the name is Jesus. That is this entire series. It's all about not being able to cancel hope. Jesus can't be canceled like everything else in this world right now. Jesus is hope. So with that, what I want to do is read our, our theme scripture for this entire series. Hebrews chapter 6 verse 19 says, This hope is a strong and trustworthy anchor for our souls. It leads us through the curtain into God's inner sanctuary. I love this scripture because it it's so packed. With, with history and context and different things going on, that if we don't understand the scripture, we'll be lost without hope. And, and this brilliance of geniusness of Jesus interwove this scripture into humanity to, for us to understand what hope actually is. This hope is a strong and trustworthy anchor for our souls. Anchor, we all know, it's this context of it's a rope with this steady, firm metal object that tethers onto, onto the rock firmly so that the ship can't be moved through storms, through winds, through nothing. It is stuck. It is holding firm there. And then it continues on. It leads us through the curtain into God's inner sanctuary. Right? It throws out this word curtain and the inner sanctuary and every single person in this day and age would know and reference in their mind the Holy of Holies. It was this room where the high priest would have to walk in once a year to change things out and to go inside, and, and he had to be sinless. Nothing could be wrong with him. If he did any sin in his life, if he walked through that curtain into the Holy of Holies, he would drop dead instantly. And what's interesting about this, this high priest is when he walked in, he would have to have a rope tied around his waist and bells put on him so that if he did fall, he would make a bell sound and they would know to pull his dead body outside of the Holy of Holies. And it's this interesting visual that he was like an anchor, right? This this high priest was like an anchor. He had a rope tied onto him and other people were holding on to him. The church, if you will, was holding on to this high priest as an anchor saying, we are standing firm behind you as you go into the Holy of Holies. And then the scripture says, this hope is a strong and trustworthy anchor for your souls. It leads, it leads us through the curtain into God's inner sanctuary. Right, So back in the day, this interesting concept of this high priest would enter the Holy of Holies, this inner sanctuary, go beyond this curtain, which is forbidden, because only sinless could go in. Go in, touch up, and leave quickly. Right, But when Jesus, who is fully sinless, he never did anything wrong, he is able to lead us in 
not just go in and come out. He leads us fully into the Holy of Holies, which represents the presence of God, which represents the impartation of the Holy Spirit, which represents the ability to go into heaven. It's this verse that's so action-packed with stuff that we're spending an entire sermon series on it. I love it because Jesus leads us into the presence of God because he is hope. This, this craziness I was thinking about this, the curtain also, uh, I, I did some research on it. It was 32 feet by 64 feet, and it was three inches thick. And so scientists mathematically determined that it weighs somewhere around five tons. Five tons. It's this impenetrable wall, if you will. It's this thing, this barrier that holds us out, and, and I... I Reflect on how this physical object represents the spiritual object that keeps us out of God's presence without Jesus being an anchor leading us past it. It's this barrier. It, it prevents us. The only way that we can get into the presence of God is through Jesus, is through hope. When we're standing at, at holes in the dirt that are six feet deep, ready for loved ones, we can have hope because we have Jesus. Because he died for our sins and rose again. And we know that the loved ones that we are burying that day will be in heaven and we'll see him again. It's this hope that we can be steadfast, that we can be like anchors with these ropes that we can hold on to. As Jesus is this anchor and we're holding on to him, he will lead us through tough situations. The storms, like when they hit the boat, it doesn't matter because it, the anchor is holding the boat strong. Just how when storms hit our lives, Jesus is holding us strong, especially in these unprecedented times of me being stir crazy and griping to my wife almost every day, all day long. True story. True story. My intro introverted family loves it, <laughs> right? Coworkers who are introverts love this time. Extroverts are having such a hard time right now. <laughs> I have hope that it's Jesus. All kidding aside, that's that's today. That's this entire sermon series message. But I really want to dive into this concept of the world has been shut down. Right? They canceled sports. They canceled certain aisles at Target. Like I can't even buy a new desk because there's a caution tape in front of it. They've canceled all these kinds of things. But there's one thing that can never be canceled is you can't cancel hope. You can't cancel. You can't shut down Jesus. You can't say, you know what, Jesus? I'm revoking the fact that you died on the cross and rose again. That, that's not even possible. It's done. It's over. And I love it. The last words he said on the cross was, it is finished. An interesting fact about that is when he said, it is finished, that curtain that led into the Holy of Holies was torn and I like that it rep symbolically represents that as Jesus is entering the Holy of Holies for us, he leads us through this curtain that is now torn in half, saying it needs to get much bigger because we're all invited into the presence of God with Jesus leading us in. I love it. So this series, our theme is characters in the Bible that have found themselves in caves, in caverns, in dark places, in holes, searching for hope. We're going to look at different lives, different people that needed hope in very specific situations and looking how it applies to our lives in our situations today. So with the first one up, 1 Samuel chapter 24, 1 through 8 says, 
when Saul, this is King Saul, came back after dealing with the Philistines, he was he was told, David is now in the wilderness of En Gedi. Saul took three companies, the best he could find in all Israel, and set out in search of David and his men in the region of the wild goat rocks. He came to some sheep pens along the road. There was a cave there, and Saul went in to relieve himself. David and his men were huddled far back in the same cave. Right? Saul, King Saul, the king of the land, has brought three armies with him to kill one guy. Along the way, has to go to the bathroom, goes inside a cave, and and David is there hiding. Right? David has now found himself in a very scary situation. Right? He's already hiding in the cave because he is filled with fear. And now the man who wants to kill him with armies sitting outside the cave is right next to him. It came, uh, skipping ahead, David's men whispered to him, can you believe it? This is the day God was talking about when he said, I'll put your enemy in your hands. You can do whatever you want with him. Quiet as a cat, David crept up and cut off a piece of Saul's royal robe. Immediately, he felt guilty. He said to his men, God forbid that I should have done this to my master, God's anointed, that I should so much as raise a finger against him. He's God's anointed. David held his men in check and with these words and wouldn't let them pounce on Saul. Saul got up, left the cave, and went on down the road. Then David stood at the mouth of the cave and called to Saul, my master, my king. Saul looked back. The entire purpose of Saul and these armies is to find the man and kill him. And David decided at one point in this cave that he would cut, he was going to kill him. Then he cut off the rope. Then he felt guilty. Then he went outside and said, Hey, I'm right here. I, I would be terrified, right? If someone's coming to kill me, I don't think I would announce my presence. That's terrifying. That's so scary. David came up and said this. But something we're going to pull out of the story is when we face fear, we have three hope options. There are three things we can do when we're hoping, when we're in the middle of fear. And we see all three play out with David in this moment. The first one is hope in others. See, we can hope in others, but it really leaves us feeling frustrated, let down, bothered that they didn't meet our expectations, and just not doing things right. Right? This is this is the category where we find a lot of type A personalities. Okay? We get in, we're like, do this, do this, do this. Okay, I have a plan. Okay, we're gonna do this. I need you to do this. And then someone lets you down, and you're like, um, are you kidding me right now? And it's this this moment where we get so frustrated, we're like, you know what, forget it. I'm just gonna do it myself. Now I'm gonna do this myself, and now I'm gonna do this myself, and now I'm gonna do this, and this, and this, and it's really what the enemy tries to get us to do is to place our hope in other people so that we'll be let down when they don't meet our hope. Because the bottom line is no one's going to meet our hope expectations like Jesus will. No one. We are fooling ourselves if we can pretend that a simple person can step in and be the hope of Jesus replacement. 
don't kid yourself. If you're a type A person, you find yourself in this. Maybe you're a type B person, you find yourself in this category and are constantly let down. It's because your hope is misaligned and you have to realign it. And we, we find David is sitting in this cave and his men say, okay, uh, looks like God has delivered Saul here. Here's some scripture to back it up. I think we're good to go. And then David actually has hope in his people rather than remembering what God actually said. And he steps forward in the hope of his people to cut off the robe. And then he feels guilty because his hope was misaligned. Now, we'll always be left feeling disappointed and thinking, if I just did everything on my own, it would be better. And that, that, is, that is a lie from the enemy. He wants to get you to feeling, if I need to do this on my own, I need to do this on my own. And when in reality, the scripture is littered with trust in God, have strength in God, he will supply all your needs. Not yourself will supply all your needs. God will supply all your needs. The second, we face fear. The second hope option is hope in ourselves, right? This is where we find a lot of B personalities. It's it's the it's the I can do this on my own. I can do this. It's the creative types where no one's understanding what I'm trying to say, so I'm just going to go and do it. And when I'm all done, I will bring it out. I will show. And it's the it's the stepping out and saying, I can accomplish this. I can do this. And, and it's really interesting because at one point, David steps out. He has an army. Saul has an army. And he takes everything into his own hands and cuts off the robe of Saul. And he says, my hope is in myself. I can accomplish this on my own. He doesn't reach out to God. He takes everything in his own hands and he's left feeling guilty. He's left feeling like he did not do anything right. Says he he felt guilty in the moment. And and then the, the third option, the third hope option is hope in Jesus. Obviously, this is what we're all trying to strive for. Obviously, this is what we need. But it's so hard when we try to rely on others to do what we need or try to rely on ourselves to do what we need, it's hard to take the right choice, the correct thing and saying, I need to hope in Jesus. I need him to lead me. And it's that visual of saying, if Jesus is the anchor and I'm holding onto the rope, he's going to lead me into the presence of God. Right? If I do things on my own, I'm not being led. I'm leading. That's a great check to say, am I following after God? Am I doing this? Is he leading me in? Can you imagine this? When when David takes hope in Jesus, it left him vulnerable and helpless, meaning there was no way out. See, when he was in the cave, he had his army. When he the moment he stepped out of the cave and said, I'm right here. And he's facing Saul and his armies. He's saying, <laughs> "There's the only option is God shows up miraculously. There's nothing I can do. There's nothing my people can do. There's only God. That's it. And so many times 
when we hope in hope in Jesus, it can leave us vulnerable and scared. It can put our reputation on the line. It can put our comfort on the line. It can even put our lives on the line. And in those moments, we know it's only up to God. My hope is 100% in God. It's not 10% in God. It's 100%. God, there is only you have to show up right now. And that's what David eventually inside of himself said, my only hope option is for God to show up. That's it. 100% of my hope in this moment is Jesus. It's God. That's it. And in moments of dark places, fearful places, the best thing we can do is place our hope in Jesus. The thing that, that really stands out to me in this whole story is the moment after he cuts the robe, right? It says, immediately he felt guilty. He said to his men, God forbid that I should have done this to my master, God's anointed, that I should so much as raise a finger against him. He's God's anointed. David held his men in check with these words and wouldn't let them pounce on Saul. And when you're in a tough spot of fear, how do you know? How do you know your actions represent placing your hope in Jesus? Right? It, it comes down to actions. It comes down to what we do. I think one of the most dangerous, tr- like subtle traps of the enemy is to think I'm going to wait on the Lord and we wait so long, our opportunity and window has shut. Because doing nothing is allowing the enemy to keep prevent us from stepping out in faith. Oh, I'm just waiting on God. Are you waiting on God? Because your moment will pass. How I know a window is closing is because David walked to the opening of the cave and said, I'm here. And David was already moving down the road. If David waited in that cave and then came out of that cave a day later, five days later, just waiting on God to show up, he would have missed his window and this story would be pointless. And that really stands out it's not only just that the story is pointless it's he would have left been left sinning because god told him not to do that and he did it and if he waited on god to speak god was speaking that he repents to the anointed man of god i fully believe that if david hadn't gone out and stepped out in faith in the hope of god he would have lost his anointing in this moment because he was anointed to be king, and, and Saul was the anointed king at the moment, but he was doing crazy things with his actions, and God said, I am repealing my anointing over your life, and David will soon become the king. But David was being tested in his heart and his character. And if David proved that he wasn't obeying God and listening to God, I, I really believe God would have chosen someone else to step up. And David would have been in in the same shoes as Saul, just going crazy. A king chasing around one person? Come on. It's like ridiculous. He needs to be leading his people. So don't allow yourself to think, I need to wait on the Lord so long that your window shuts. Because that will turn into a sin. That will turn into wrongness. You need to go out and take action of what God is speaking to you to do. So how do we know our actions are placing our hope in Jesus? 
there's three guidelines that I like to go by and just they're, they're tested truth through scripture, through my life, through my mentors, through my pastors, through, through other people is number one, did God say it? Is this biblical? If it's not in the Bible, if it's not biblical, if it goes against the Bible, it's probably not hoping in God. It's probably not an action you want to take, right? Can I find scripture to back up what I'm hearing from God in my hope action of following after God, right? David followed after God because God spoke it earlier and he was repenting for what he did. Do you know how many times the Bible calls us to repent? See, we need to find things that are biblical. In our hope actions and hoping after Jesus, is it line up with Scripture? Number two, is this morally right? If you have to do something that compromises your character or the character of someone else, it's probably not right. It's probably not going to advance your hope towards Jesus. It's like, well, you know what, in, in the course of black and white, let me just take this gray area to make a couple shortcuts to, to have a good outcome on this. The shortcuts might be trying to lure you away so that you can buy, you can step around what God is calling you to do because you're nervous and it, it's going to cut into your comfort or it's going to cut into your character or it's going to cut into something else that of how people view you. When, when we try to find shortcuts in life, shortcuts present themselves to bypass the fullness of what God's calling us to do. So we can just get a, a tiny portion of what God's calling us to do with a whole lot of, of, you know, navigating around or something. Is it morally right? Make sure it is. And number three, how do we know our actions are placing our hope in Jesus? Does it grow the kingdom of God? Okay, now I've said this before, and I just want to say it again. Does it grow the kingdom of God? It's kind of ambiguous, right? What we need to think about is, is it growing the kingdom of God deep and wide? Okay, those are the practical ways to grow the kingdom of God. Deep as in it's growing you. You're growing deeper in your foundation. You're growing deeper in your faith. You're growing deeper in your hope towards Jesus. Is this action causing you to grow and stretch your faith? Then it might be, and it probably is, digging deep into your hope in Jesus. And then wide, right? Deep is our depth with God, but wide is advancing the kingdom of God with our friends, our relatives, our family. Right? Is the real state of the kingdom of God, is the real state of heaven expanding as more souls come in? Right? We need to make sure that our hope in Jesus is growing our faith and causing faith of others to grow. Right? David did this in the scripture. He was growing his faith in God by stepping out and risking his life for it all. But he was also teaching his men the same thing. He told them it's wrong. God actually said this. And then he demonstrates it. He grew his faith deeper and he expanded the kingdom of God wider with his men. That's where we're at. So as you're listening to this message, however you're listening to it, if you're listening online uh, today, or if you're listening online years from now, uh, I want to encourage you, um, message us. 
Right now, there's there's live pastors on the chat. If you want someone to pray with of, of trying to grow your hope in Jesus, or if you're going through a tough situation where you're sitting in a cave and you're dealing with fear, just like David, and you're saying, I am stuck in this hard place and I don't know what to do, man, would, would you mind just raising your hand to pray so we can have someone pray with you? If you're saying, I need to, I need to expand the kingdom of God with my own soul. I need to ask for salvation. Would you reach out for prayer right now? If, if you're not watching this live, if you're listening to a podcast or you're watching the podcast, would you go over to lighthouse805.com and, and leave a comment? Just go in there and, and put your name, email, and send us a message, and we'll get someone to, to pray with you right away. Man, my heart for this message, our, our hearts for this message, is that we understand what hope is, because it's one of the most powerful things we can have on this planet, is hope in Jesus. And, and I want to challenge you, identify what the hope area in your life is. What are you going through that you need to dig deep into hope with Jesus? Let's pray and then we're going to go into a time of worship. Lord, I pray that you would start identifying that maybe the seasons that we thought were tough and overwhelming and just the end of everything, we realize that those are moments where we can have hope in you. Those are moments to stretch our hope. If we're in this right now, this moment in this very second where we're dealing with fear that's trying to overtake us and overwhelm us, that we would have hope in you. Because ultimately you are like that anchor to the ship through storms that we can hold on to. No storm, no wind, no wave can overtake us because we are steadily, we are strong holding on to you as an anchor, God. Lord, give us insight, give us wisdom, and give us direction to take hope actions that cause us to lead you, lead us into your presence more and more every single day. In your mighty name, amen. Well, what a wonderful time of worship. Uh, we have been so blessed to be able to be worshiping with you guys, and the worship team has done a magnificent job of leading us into the Lord's presence. Um, so thank you all. Um, and with that, uh, we have our tithe and offering. And you can do that a couple ways. You can click the link above and you can go to lighthouse805.com and fill out our giving form um, and get all your information that way. So you can continue to give into God's kingdom. Um, and you can also uh, specifically designate your, your offering to go to our children's fund. We are going to be remodeling and doing some really fun stuff uh, in the future with our children's building. And so um, what an awesome way to bless our kids, right? To have their own space to just, oh man, to worship God. Um, so it, it, it's going to be great. And we're so excited for that. So when you fill that out in the giving, you can uh, specifically designate funds to children's ministry. And we'll get that all covered and uh, squared away. And so with that, we have a couple of announcements. If you are not in a small group, a virtual small group, I challenge you to, to get plugged into one. Uh, go to lighthouse805.com and you can find you can fill out the contact form and let us know that you want to get plugged in so we can uh, point you in the right direction of who to be in touch with to be able to join a virtual small group. So we are so excited about that. Uh, the kids ministry, the kids have their own. So uh, if you can reach out to Pastor Pat, uh, whether you are watching live, you can reach out in the comments right now and he can get in touch with you to give you all the um, information for our kids small group. They have a virtual call every weekend. So it's so fun to watch them yeah. um, 
kind of talk about their week and show off things that they've been doing and um, show off their rooms or whatever it is that they are doing. <laughs> um, but it's always a good time for them to be able to connect with each other and with Pastor Pat. So um, make sure to be in touch with them, parents, with Pastor Pat parents, uh, to get all that information that you need for them. And finally, you can follow us on social media. If you go to Facebook or Instagram, it's just Lighthouse805. Um, and we're going to be having some fun um, challenges, I guess. Uh, I know you all have seen whether it's workout challenges. I promise you it's not that because I won't be doing those. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, or whatever, maybe. We're going to have challenges on there. They're going to be fun. Um, you know, just things to make us laugh and look forward to during the week. Just something different here and there. Uh, so make sure you follow us on Facebook and Instagram, Lighthouse805. We love you guys. Have love a great week.